we hear again these words from our gospel reading this morning. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sin is leprosy of the soul. A spiritual leprosy. In the hymn, Come to Calvary's Mountain Home, which we will sing today during the Lord's Supper, it speaks of this leprosy of the soul as this. Come in poverty and meanness. Come defiled without within. From infection and uncleanliness. From the leprosy of sin. This leprosy of sin, which is leprosy of the soul, is a deep contamination, a systemic corruption of our humanity that affects everything that we do, everything that we think, and everything that we say. It renders us completely unclean before God. Now, we are all born of this leprosy of the soul. We inherit it inherited it from our parents and humanity's first parents, Adam and Eve, after the fall. Now this is what theologians call original sin, whereby all are conceived and born in sin. There is no avoiding it. Now physical leprosy destroys the nerves within the body as it progresses and causes numbness, a loss of feeling, and disfiguration. Spiritual leprosy disfigures the mind and prevents one from recognizing the gravity of their sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we defy the diagnosis of the divine physician whose law calls us sinner. Now, should you have any doubt over whether you are infected by this spiritual leprosy? As St. Paul tells us in our epistle lesson this morning, here are some of the symptoms. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Any question? Anyone left out? We are unclean. We are as unclean as those ten lepers on the road between Samaria and Galilee, which we read about in our gospel lesson this morning. There is no cure of this world for this leprosy of the soul. Now, in our sinful flesh, we may attempt by efforts to mask the symptoms, but we all know 
there is no worldly cure and the disease is fatal. The wages of sin is death. This spiritual leprosy not only disfigures our humanity, but it destroys it. It is precisely because of this that our Lord has given us his law. The law is the ultimate diagnostic tool. It leads us to a knowledge of sin, a diagnosis of uncleanliness before God, which requires a cure to prevent eternal damnation. There is one who has a cure. He is the cure. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he, went, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus does have mercy on them by simply speaking. Go and show yourselves to the priests, Jesus says. And as they went, they were cleansed. Here, Jesus sends the ten lepers to the priest. And in this command is a promise. For the priest is the one whom the Lord has authorized to speak the word of cleanness. It is the priest who will tell these lepers that they may enter the city, enter their homes, and greatest of all, to enter into the temple. When Jesus sends them to the priest, they are to trust that by the time they get there, they will be clean. And they do trust in this word of the Lord, and they go. And as they go, they are physically healed of their leprosy. But after this physical healing of the ten lepers, one stopped on the road and turned back. He ran up to Jesus and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet to give him thanks. He was a Samaritan. And here lies the tragedy. When the Samaritan returned to Jesus, Jesus says, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Ten out of the ten are physically healed, but only one out of the ten has returned to Jesus. The foreigner, the outsider, the one who didn't belong with the other nine except in the bonds of their leprosy. What happened to the other nine? Why didn't they return? It is because they got everything that they wanted from Jesus. All they wanted from Jesus was a physical healing. And the physical healing is all that they receive. The nine had faith that Jesus could heal them physically, but they did not have faith that Jesus could heal them spiritually. You see, they had no saving faith. Their faith was not focused on and centered 
in Christ Jesus himself. You see, the nine lepers did not recognize Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, God himself in the flesh. Now, they undoubtedly recognized Jesus as some sort of miracle worker, but they failed to recognize the gospel standing before their very eyes, pouring out his grace, mercy, and love upon them. They had no saving faith. But the Samaritan was different. Jesus says to the Samaritan, Rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. As our, transla as our translation has it. But another and perhaps better translation from the original Greek is this. Your faith has saved you. Now Jesus says this a lot. To the sinful woman who washed Jesus' feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair when Jesus sat at the Pharisee's table, Jesus forgave all her sins and he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. To the woman who had been bleeding for 18 years, who fights through the crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, knowing that he could heal her. He does heal her. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. To the blind man on the road in Jericho, Jesus says, Recover your sight. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. This is an amazing thing to say. But isn't it Jesus who is doing the healing and the fixing and the forgiving? Isn't it Jesus' word that is making things new? And yet Jesus says that it's faith. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. The Lord gives so much honor and credit to faith, and we should too. Now, it is the Scripture's teaching that we are saved by faith alone, sola fide, apart from the works or efforts, but simply by trusting and putting our confidence in the promises of God. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2.8 By faith we are saved. In our gospel text, the nine lepers, they did not actually have faith in Jesus regarding their spiritual leprosy. Therefore, they do not get the full benefit as what, as what Christ has done for their salvation. Yes, they were healed of their physical leprosy in this life, but they were not healed of the spiritual leprosy, an eternal disease. They are still poor, miserable sinners. They do not return to Jesus as the Samaritan did. Therefore, there is no forgiveness, no spiritual healing, no salvation. But the Samaritan, he had true saving faith in Jesus. That is, 
he had faith in the work and person of Jesus. God in the flesh. This is what set the Samaritan apart from the other nine. Jesus tells him, your faith has saved you. This faith in Christ has sealed his salvation. He has forgiveness. He has salvation. He has eternal life. But when our Lord speaks of this saving faith, what does this mean? Faith is never simply bare faith, but always has an object, something or someone to trust. The object of saving faith trusts in Jesus. We are saved from sin and eternal death through faith in Christ and his saving death and resurrection. You see, faith trusts in Jesus Christ and him crucified. We trust Jesus to save us. We do not trust ourselves. The Holy Spirit breathes faith into you and me. He does it by the word of gospel, the word of Jesus Christ crucified for the forgiveness of our sin, in baptism, and in the Lord's Supper. Faith is always in the word of promise. Now, we may see things that cause us to doubt. We see sickness and death. We see fear. We see despair. We see our own spiritual leprosy. But we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And faith rests securely in him. Faith clings to Jesus and his word. The Samaritan leper heard the word of Jesus' physical healing, and clung to it. He returned to Jesus with saving faith, clinging to the person of Jesus, and Jesus tells him that he is saved. Now God gathers us here today to receive Jesus and his gifts. We are here today in these pews at this altar to receive our Lord's gifts, to have our faith strengthened, and sustained. Because we are born with the spiritual leprosy of original sin, it still remains in all of us. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But, if we, can, but we confess our sins, and our Lord forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But even though we still have this spiritual leprosy within us, God declares us righteous, forgiven, saved. This is the gospel. And on the day of resurrection when our Lord returns, we can be assured that our spiritual leprosy and all its evil symptoms will be completely cured, gone, never to return by the one who has the cure and who is the cure. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, as he promises in his word. In that same word of Jesus, will raise you on his day, that is the last day, and he will come to you and say, Rise, my brother, my sister. Rise and come to me, 
Your faith has made you well. You are completely cured of spiritual leprosy. Your Jesus has saved you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.